Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to The Farmer's Dog. It's real food made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com slash listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. morning or good afternoon or good evening or whenever you're listening uh, to the show this is wellness talk i'm george your host um thanks for uh, tuning in this week hope you guys have had a wonderful week and a happy new year this is the show that um goes over the latest in health healing nutrition fitness and everything natural we could possibly do to live a longer and happier life this is the first show of 2013 so i'm looking forward to a fun year and coming up with some uh, new articles and uh, new things this year that I can share and some tips that you guys can hopefully use uh, to make this a uh, a better year for you than last year. All right, so Wellness Talk, uh, as always, uh, is for educational purposes only. It's not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent an illness. So please always speak with your doctor when you wanted to make major changes in health. You can go to facebook.com forward slash wellness talk to check out the articles that I post. And or you can go to georgebatista.com if you want to do some consulting with me. As well as listen to the show and uh, just ask me some general questions. So let's see what we've got on tap for the new year. Um, first article this week I wanted to go over was, uh, you know, my if you if you if you've listened to this show on a regular basis, you know that one of the uh, biggest things I talk about is that uh, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And as far as this whole wellness model goes. So, uh, I've spoken about mental health in the past, and I want to take a look at it. You know, usually I talk about stress management and and doing, you know, those types of things, and all that is is part of wellness. 
But I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, the mental health uh, paradigm out there, meaning the psychiatry and mental health issues. And, you know, that always gets pressed, especially with when you have, you know, tragedies like the Sandy Hook tragedy in, in Connecticut and and all these other different types of tragedies that happen when you realize that a lot of psychiatric medication is behind it or at least um, has been a part of what you know whatever's gone on uh, or the use of it or the overuse of it so I found this um, article was interesting because you know I've I've always been one who was never a big fan of psychiatry or that whole industry in the first place as far as just the way they go about things and how they try to pathologize everything uh, or every make everything into an illness. And I see now that mainstream is actually starting to catch up with it. Now, this is from nationalpost.com. This is more of a mainstream uh, article, and this is by Barbara Kay. And this is the title of the article. I thought this was interesting. This is, New Psychiatry Manual Adds to the Oversupply of Invented Victims. So I'm going to read a couple of lines from this. And again, I think this is very interesting. Uh... First of all, we're we're looking at there's you know for those of you who don't know the um, the DSM or the uh, Di- Diagnostic uh, and Statistical Manual is the is the manual that um, psychiatry uses when they you know talk about all the different illnesses that are out there, and in this manual they label all these illnesses and the symptoms and so on and so forth, and uh it's it's grown by leaps and bounds from the last whew, last I don't I don't know how many years but put it this way uh in 1952 this manual was a 132 page booklet okay this is this and uh, you know with all the um all the uh, illnesses that were in it and today which is the uh Today, this booklet has gone up to 886 pages. I mean, that's astronomical to me, number one. Okay? But now, we're going into the fifth installment of this in 2013. And here's the issue with this. And again, I'm going to read... uh, this This is some quotes from this article here. In the upcoming edition, for example, the, thresh, the Threshold for Generalized Anxiety Disorder, or GAD, is expected to broaden out to become the most commonly diagnosed mental problem. Originally, the disorder was meant to identify anxiety for which there was no apparent source. The new definition would uh, home in on domestic, financial, or school problems for which anxiety is perfectly normal and justified. Okay, so basically what they're saying is that in the past, general anxiety uh, disorder was basically, a generalized anxiety disorder was basically a, a, an anxiety from you didn't know why you were anxious. You didn't know why you were, you had these issues. Now they're, now they're going to say, well, now even if you have issues when it comes to school, if you have issues when it comes to work, if you have issues when it comes to your own relationships, financial issues, all these types of things, people are going to be diagnosed with this issue. The funny thing is that these are issues that man has been dealing with ever since there was money, ever since there was school, ever since there was work, ever since there was I mean, everybody has these issues. And if you live on planet Earth, 
you have you know some anxiety at some point in your life regarding financial regarding school regarding work regarding relationships you know or you wouldn't you you know that's just life but now no what they're saying is that this is going to become a disorder well they're they're finally catching on to this because they're realizing that this is becoming quite ridiculous uh i'm going to keep quoting here according to the us chairman of the task force for the dsm currently in use the common manual is bound to further obscure the already fuzzy fuzzy boundaries between GAD, that disorder, and the normal life concerns of average people. The current DSM series, and this is and this is a quote from uh, from uh, this uh, from Edward Shorter here. The, uh, the current DSM series is, in my view, a scientific disaster and should be discarded. How about that? Okay, so I mean, again, this is psychiatry, which is just wants to pathologize everything. So if you now, if you now have trouble with school and work, and you have anxiety because of it, you have a disorder. So if you don't want to go to a party, if you want to stay home instead of hanging out with people, you have social anxiety disorder. If you, I mean, where does it stop? I just don't understand. Where does it stop? But I, 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 I'm glad that articles like this and, and people are finally seeing that it's ridiculous because, you know, obviously we know that, um, you know, behind it there's pharmaceuticals and all these types of because, you know, now for general anxiety disorder, there can be more drugs that can be marketed to people and young people and this can become a whole big thing. So soon, uh, you know, I mean, there's what? six billion people in the world now we can try to get six billion people on drugs now because everything is a disorder now everything if uh, now 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 young children you know one or two years old if they cry or if they act out which i don't know but you know i'm a, I'm a parent i know that kids at that age act out if they act out that's a disorder so now you have a disorder when you're one and two years old because those kids are now being given drugs because they act out so you know, I you know I just want to make people aware of this type of stuff. I mean, there's there's so many different ways of handling problems. And yes, I agree that you know, you know, certain drugs have a place. You know, if you if you're, you know, there's depression out there, and there's all different types of problems. Legitimate depression, legitimate problems. I mean, you know, out there where people are dealing with you know major issues. And they may need, a, you know, some kind of medication just to help them boost up a little bit, just to get them back on track. And then eventually to get themselves, you know, in a more, na- you know, uh, going through in a more natural way, you know, or, or getting to their goal in a more natural way. You know, th- these things were not designed to be on forever. But unfortunately, that's what they're heading for- towards. So I just wanted to point this out. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have this on the website. You guys can take, you read a little bit more about this. But, again, hopefully this is getting more attention now because uh, this is just absolutely ridiculous how, how they're just now, you know, I mean, literally you can go online. You know, there are actual websites online that joke around about this, meaning that you can actually go online and invent your own disorder. You know, and just and just put it a name, and that's the disorder. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna call my disorder Batista disorder because you know George Batista doesn't want to go outside, so that's Batista disorder. Let's just say. So uh, I just think it's very interesting, but um, 
anyway, there's probably going to be more information about it as we go forward. But um, so I just wanted to bring it up to you guys. Okay. Next up, we have this is uh, natural news. This is by Ethan Huff. How to prevent heart disease with everyday foods. All right, so I'm going to go through these uh, pretty quickly because there's a lot of information here. Uh, obviously, the leading cause of uh, death in America is heart disease these days, and um, it's a you know the the costs associated with treating it are expected to triple, nearly triple, by the year 2030. And uh, it's you know it's uh, it's it's a big problem. So. You know, the heart always tends to be a weak spot as you get older, you know, and, and this could be for anyone because obviously the heart goes through a lot of wear and tear through life and through anxieties and through all these things. So um, you want to make sure that as you're getting older, you're you're getting the right foods and the right nutrients to protect your heart, to protect your the linings of your heart, the endothelial linings, to protect friendly nitric oxide, which helps relax your 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 vessels and helps relax your heart. But you got to remember, there's there's things you can do to put yourself in the right direction and uh, you don't have to be one of those statistics that gets into heart disease uh, as you get older okay um, I know people who have lived well into their 80s and 90s without heart disease so it can be done it can be done it's just a matter of how you do it so I'm just going to go through a few things here that he suggests as far as everyday foods you can use to uh, prevent heart disease number one Cut out the processed and the GMO-laden foods. GMO meaning genetically modified organisms. You want to cut those out. Okay, so read your labels. As I always talk about in this show, read your labels. Make sure you know what is in your food. If you can't pronounce it uh, or if it's too long to pronounce, then it's probably not good for you. Okay. Um, He says here, the vast majority of what can be found in the middle aisles at the grocery store, that is, uh, in the aisles filled with chips, cookies, and packaged and canned items is loaded with ingredients that over time will destroy your cardiovascular system. So when you're looking at the grocery aisles, you want to make sure you look at the ends. Those are where you're going to have your healthiest foods, where the fruits and vegetables are, those types. The middle aisles generally have the packaged processed sugar laden foods where you want to stay away from them and they wreak havoc on your heart so uh you know stick to the whole whole grains organically grown fruits and vegetables on processed sea and earth salts healthy oils olive oil coconut uh, coconut uh, coconut nuts grass-fed meats and animal products grass-fed animal products you know those of you who eat meat and non-gmo products okay number two Eat a high-fat, low-grain diet. That's right, high-fat, low-grain diet. Now, this is what he, this is why he says this. This tip defies conventional wisdom. Why? Which says that a low-fat diet equals a healthy heart. Wrong. We have found in the latest year, in, a, in, a, in the, in the years, um, in the last few years, that this whole mantra of the low-fat diets is basically not healthy at all. Because you need saturated fat in your diet for some things to work well. Now you don't want to overdo saturated fats. That's you know that's that's different. But you want to. But you need some fat in your diet. It's simple as that. Because that fat you know is there. There are some things in your in your um, in your body that that work well um, when you have fat in it. Plus, 
we tend to get a lot more a lot more omega sixes in our diet than we do omega threes. And omega threes are the fish and the fish oils and the DHAs and all those types of things. The ratio that the norm, that the standard American diet has is absolutely it's like it's like six to one from omega six to omega three. You want to bring up your omega three, which is the good fats, which is the coconut oils, which is the fat you know good fatty fish, which is um, the avocados. Uh, these are the things that have the really good uh, fats that you need. And you want to bring down the omega-6s, which is, comes with the, the trans fats and all those hydro, hydrogenated oils and those canola oils. You want to bring those down. You want to bring up your fats. And then this way you can have more of a balance. This is going to help with the heart as well. But, uh, you know, again, fats, including healthy fats, saturated fats, are vital for regulating cholesterol and protecting against heart disease. This is a lot this is a lot different than what you're hearing out there in the news because again, they're realizing now that you actually need good fats. So that's that's a uh, a very uh, you know that's a very good point here. Now he says low green diet. Um I'm not too I'm not too fond of that. I actually am I'm a grain eater, I but I eat whole grains. I like to eat organic whole grains, and I like to eat organic brown rice, legumes, and those types of things. So, and I've done very well with it. All right, number three, juice beets, carrots, and celery for heart health. Living foods, here is what he says, or foods that have not been cooked and had their enzyme structures demolished are important for health, for heart health as well. And they nourish the cells and relax the circulatory system. Again, we're talking about friendly nitric oxide. As fresh fruits, uh, fresh juices are a great, great way to intake uh, these important nutrients. And um, this is where you're going to get most of your vitamins and nutrients from. Why? Because when you cook your vegetables and when you cook them at high temperatures, you're going to lose a lot of those enzymes. You're going to lose a lot of those um, vitamins and minerals that you need. So if you juice them, which is the best way to get them, you're going to get 100% of the daily value of it. That's what you need. So again, if you can juice, do it because it's one of the best things to do for health, great for heart health. Things like celery, they help to lower blood pressure. But they also relax your, art, uh, your arterial muscles and promote vascular dilation. Okay, That minimizes the risk of uh, arterial blockage, strokes, heart attacks, all those types of things. Beets contain nutrients that help naturally reduce blood pressure and carrots help to rebuild skin and body tissue. So that's also part of it. Now you have to you, you those of you who are on who have blood sugar issues, you have to be careful with your beets because beets are also contain a lot of sugar and carrots are also high in sugar. So you got to be careful with that. All right? So uh, but if you don't have any blood pressure issues, those are great for the heart. And the last one he says is adopt a nutritarian lifestyle. This is coming from Dr. Joel Furman, uh, MD, who talks about adopting a nutritarian lifestyle. Uh, high protein, he, he talks about a vegetarian-based diet is optimal for people trying to avoid heart disease. Uh, I, I say it's a good thing if you, if you do it the right way. But again, as I've talked about in the past, that uh, I don't think the vegetarian diet is good for every single person because, again, there are many people out there who don't do well on a vegetarian diet and that I've seen uh, firsthand. So, but you can still you can still lower your consumption of meat uh, to the point where you're, you know, maybe eat it once a week or something like that 
and still throw in your your grains and whole grains and your fruits and vegetables get some good fats in there and um, definitely you want the omega-3s the omega-3s are extremely important because you want to get omega-3s because that's going to help you with uh, that's really going to be heart healthy for you and the studies prove it Uh, as far as primary prevention omega-3s are key Okay, primary prevention. So you want to think about it. You want to think preventatively. Another thing, magnesium. You want to make sure you're getting foods with magnesium. That includes your green leafy vegetables. That includes things like uh, your bananas and those types of things. You want to make sure you're getting your spinach. Hot, good doses of magnesium. That's what you want. Okay, so again, look at these things for uh, prevention of heart disease with everyday foods. Next, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to talk about vitamin D supplementation reduces respiratory infection. Well, good old vitamin D is back in the news again, as always. It's it's like every week a vitamin D um, vitamin D uh, uh, article comes out. So this is from Life Extension, and uh, this is from researchers from Sweden's Karol, Karol, uh, Karolinska Institute. Reported uh, December 13, 2012. This was the journal BMJ Open that supplementation with vitamin D significantly reduces respiratory tract infections among men and women at risk for contact for uh, contracting them. And that's me. Because those of you who listen to the show know that I was big on respiratory infections. I was uh, a big case of, um, I used to get bronchitis every year, sometimes twice a year. And uh, it would hit me really bad. So this is uh, very near and dear to my heart. So let's let's uh, find out a little bit about this. Well, in the current study, 124 men and women with the antibody deficiency or history of more than four bacterial respiratory tract infections per year were given 4,000 international units of vitamin D per day or a placebo. The subjects were asked to keep a daily record of symptoms arising from the respiratory tract, ears, and sinuses, antibiotic treatment, and other factors. After a year of treatment, composite infections uh, or infectious scores were calculated for each participant. Now, this is, uh, this is what they found here, which is interesting. Subjects who received vitamin D had approximately 25 uh, fewer respiratory tract infections and nearly half the antibiotic use than those who received the placebo. Now, what they're saying here is that this, this contract, this... Uh, Contrast what they've earlier talked about when it comes to vitamin D and infections because um, other articles have come out, the American uh, Medical uh, Association, that said that vitamin D failed to show a protective protective, um, effect against viral uh, tract infections. But they realized in in those other studies that they, where vitamin D didn't work as well, those individuals were not given vitamin D on a daily basis, okay? They were given vitamin D. There, there are, uh, however, it says here that the, uh, that study involved healthy, individual, healthy individuals whose vitamin D levels at the beginning of the study were normal, okay? They were normal vitamin D levels. And the vitamin D was administered in large doses on fewer occasions, which is believed to be less effective than daily administration. So what they're seeing here is that people who have compromised immune systems, okay? So put it this way. You have a healthy individual, doesn't have any problems, when it does, is not susceptible to uh, respiratory infections. 
you give this person large doses of vitamin D, not on a daily basis, okay? But they don't have their vitamin D levels are normal. They have no problems with respiratory infections. The vitamin D is not going to do much for them. Simple as that, okay? Because they're already normal. They already don't have an issue. They're not, uh, you know, they're not in that risk category. Now, what this is saying is that those individuals who had risk, and this was 124 men and women who had risk, they had antibody deficiency, they had a history of bacterial respiratory tract infections, at least four per year, okay? And they had a his- and many of them had a history of antibiotic use as well. So those individuals are going to do very well with vitamin D because you boost up your vitamin D to a good level, you're, you know, you're in a whole nother ball game now, okay? And this is, again, what I talk about. This is, this is the science. This is what the science is showing. Vitamin D is crucial. And these are people that have, that have, that take 4,000, these, they, they were taking 4,000 units of vitamin D. What is the daily recommended dose of vitamin D that the, that the mainstream health media says you should have? 600, 600 units, right? What? 600 to 800 units. This is 4,000 units they're giving these people. So obviously the 600 and 800 units, if you want to stay deficient, then that's what you take. But um, that's not what I take. Okay, and that's not what has helped me stop, you know, uh, not get overly sick. Now, I'm not saying I don't get, you know, an occasional, you know, cold or scratchy throat and this and that here. But you know what? Compared to being out for, you know, to being knocked out for a week with severe bronchitis or flu or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole different ballgame. So, again, vitamin D in the winter. Get your vitamin D tested. See where it is. And then take your vitamin D appropriately. I, I'm telling you, it's this is if you want to talk about one nutrient, and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm a person who, who talks about doing a comprehensive thing to um, a comprehensive uh, protocol for everything. So I'm into you know I, I take juices and supplements and exercise and this comprehensive. But if you want to take one nutrient, one nutrient that's going to make a biggest difference, especially if you're susceptible to colds and flus. Vitamin D is going to be the one. Okay. Now, I, again, I don't suggest you take just vitamin D, but if there's one that's going to make a big difference, it's going to be vitamin D. But this is a uh, this is good. This is showing that vitamin D again. You know, it just it's just uh, I mean, it's got to be thousands of articles and studies that are coming out, and each one has a different benefit. It's just incredible what it does. So, very interesting. All right, wellness resources. Byron Richards. Psyllium fiber helps control blood sugar. Well, psyllium, those of you who know, uh, I advocate for at least, you know, you know, 40 to 50 grams of fiber a day. Uh, you know, uh, you know, at least uh, in, in people who are, you know, if you want to maintain health, you want to maintain intestinal health, you want to maintain regularity, um, you want to help with um, getting rid of cholesterol and, and if, if you have high cholesterol and things like that, you need fiber in your diet, period. Okay, this is, it's, it's, it's really um, one of those things that it's a basic. Let's talk about this. University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center conclude that supplementation with psyllium uh, is a very good way to boost fiber intake to control blood sugar in type 2 diabetic patients. How about that? Now, the need for extra fiber uh, rises in proportion to metabolic 
problems like elevated cholesterol, increased blood sugar, and problems with body weight. So this is a fundamental, okay? So this is an issue. Now, psyllium fiber in particular is associated with lower blood sugar levels, uh, lower surge of blood sugar following a meal, fewer hypoglycemic events, lower A1C, hemoglobin A1C levels, and lower insulin concentrations in people with type 2 diabetes. So one of the things I advocate when I talk to people regarding their blood sugar, regarding their... their uh, if they want to help themselves as far as eating, you know, foods that are higher glycemics, for example, you know, let's say potatoes, which are higher in, or, or white, you know, white rice instead of brown rice, which is higher in a glycemic index, I tell them, you know, make sure that you're having your vegetables or fiber with it. So, for example, if you have your potatoes, you know, put some vegetables with it. Okay, eat or, or and, and, and um, put more vegetables on the plate than there are potatoes. Or, if you don't have vegetables, you know, make sure you're eating your fruit with it. You know, or have some fruit afterwards. Or, have a fiber shake before, you know, even before the meal or, or after the meal. However you want to do it. But just have fiber with your high glycemic foods. Why? Because that is going to slow the rate at which the food turns into sugar. In other words, it's going to slow the rate at which the... Uh, the sugar spike is going to happen in your in your system, and this is good. This is what you want, especially those of you who are dealing with blood sugar problems. You want to make sure your 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 blood sugar is trying to stay as even as possible and not spiking up and staying up. So, fiber is essential for this. And again, fiber again is also going to uh, help you with regularity. It's going to uh, help you with. Uh, it's going to bind to cholesterol. It's going to help get uh, excess cholesterol out of your body. It's going to help people with, you know, people with diverticulitis, diverticulosis, those types of issues. Uh, those of you who are not regular constipation, all that stuff, you want more fiber in your diet. It's going to help with those things. Before you run out and before you, you know, run to the grocery store and get an over-the-counter thing to help you with your system, take try to, try to uh, increase your fiber intake. And again, if you get a good psyllium fiber, put it in your smoothie or your shake in the morning, You'll be good to go, okay? Do it twice a day if you have to. Whatever you need to do, you, what you do is you tweak it for your body. You tweak it for yourself and see what works. Once you see that you're getting a good response to it, then that's where you stay. You know, it's it's very simple. Very simple. This is something you can do yourself. Uh, so psyllium fiber, those of you with blood sugar issues or those of you just want to maintain a good blood sugar ratio, very good for you. All right. And... Uh, we finally, we have a question here from Carly. She wants to know, um, what do I think about the flu shot? Because her mother, uh, my mother is constantly having, uh, asking me to, uh, to get it. And uh, I hear so many good things about it. I want to know your take on it. Well, Carly, the, my take on it, <clears throat> I really don't have it. Well, let, let's not let's say that. I, not that I don't have a take on it. I just, I am not a fan of the flu shot at all. Okay, I know that in the summertime, it's a huge campaign on it. I think I've talked about this before. Huge campaign, flu shot, go get your flu shot, so on and so forth. Um, I, I've never had it, okay, and I never will. Um, it's just not something I, I need to do. There's, there's too many um, things involved in it. Um, you know, number one, flu shots are, have never been 
you know, obviously you have you have certain segments of the population that are more susceptible to colds and flus. For example, the elderly, and you have young kids who are just developing their immune systems, and they're the ones that are more susceptible, or people with in general with compromised immunity. I understand that. Now, again, if you want to go get your you know flu vaccine, that's your choice. You you know that's something. I'm not saying to go or not to go. What I'm saying is, me personally, I don't go. Um, number one. Flu vaccine has never been absolutely proven to been safe, be safe or effective. Uh, number two, the flu vaccine contains uh, a lot of preservatives, including mercury and thimerosal, which they say that they don't. It's not in there, but it is, and that's a potent nerve toxin. Um, and uh, this, you know, these this is this can cause problems. I mean, if there have been many side effects of flu vaccines. And, uh, you know, neural toxic side effects and all these things. And it's just not something I'm willing to do because, and, and I can tell you again, one of the reasons why I don't do it also is because I can get the same effect or I can get the same amount of prevention from, from making sure that my vitamin D is optimized. Okay. So I get it tested and I make sure it's where it needs to be. When my vitamin D is where it needs to be, I don't need a flu shot. Okay. It's as simple as that. That's for me. Um, again, my range is going to be different from everybody else's range. Um, but again, you know, you have to do what's best for you, or you have to um, see what's best for you. But you know, I like to prevent things with nutrition, with optimal vitamin D, with optimal uh, vitamins and minerals, and um, and it hasn't failed me. I've 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 it's it's worked out for me very very well actually. Um, you know, it takes, it takes, you know, it takes work, you know, it's, it's not a magic bullet. It takes work to find out what works for you. So you have to take a look at that. You have to see where your levels are, whatever it is, and you have to, um, see, you know, whatever works for you. If the, and if your, your doses are too low, then, you know, work with your doctor to make sure your doses of whatever is brought up. But I guarantee you the majority of people out there who do not take vitamin D. And I talked about this last time. Uh, their levels were low. You know how I know that is because I took a good amount of vitamin D on the winter, and when I got my vitamin D tested, it was still low. That's right, it was still low, and I hadn't gotten sick. It was still low. So I, you know, so so imagine, and I'm a guy who's pretty healthy and health conscious, and make sure you know I I I lead a pretty healthy, a strict lifestyle and a healthy lifestyle. That's just what I I like to do. And even with that, I was low. So imagine the people out there who are not who are not taking it, and who have compromised immune systems. Okay, imagine how deficient they are. So again, that's just my take on it. The flu shot just has too many problems. And then also, the other thing, you know, the other thing on this, you know, there there is this issue of whether the flu shot actually does doesn't, doesn't work. Uh, and very seldom is the flu shot a perfect match for the flu strain that is actually coming around. You know, they say it gives you some kind of boost and stuff like that, but um, you know, it really just doesn't. You know, I don't, I don't see it, and um, so you know, the, the, these germs and these viruses are very, very, very smart. They can outsmart uh, a lot of flu shots out there. There are people, there are people, many people out there who have still got the flu and flu shots. Read that anyway. So um, again, that's just my opinion. It's just not something I, 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 I've never done it. I'll not do it. Ways to uh, get around it. All right, so that's uh, that's it for this week. I uh, hope you guys um, 
got uh, some good information this week. Again, uh, I believe I will be back next week with another wellness talk. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Enjoy and be well. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service, without all the drama.